boy is eating. The boy is your Coffee with Gringos, Dynamic English's podcast where you can learn English simply by hearing people use it. So sit down and have a coffee with us. You are listening to Coffee with Gringos. I'm Paige Sutherland. And I'm Ian Kennedy. And so today we are going to talk about something that is dominating the news cycle. It is the invasion of Russia into Ukraine, which is the first time in decades that we've had a war in Europe. And sadly, it is impacting us all and is still ongoing. So as we're recording now, it's Friday, March 4th. And so this is a evolving story that will continue to change. So this is what we know now as of the recording. So we're just going to talk a little bit about the basics, why Putin invaded Ukraine, what this means for the world. As always, listeners, if you get lost, check out that audio guide and transcript online, www.dynamicenglish.cl. Okay, Ian, huge news. We all woke up on the morning of February 24th to hear that there was a war, <laughs> basically like a World War Three, a pretty dark day. What What was your reaction? I know it was weeks of, you know, projection that P- Putin would invade Ukraine and this and that, but... Were you surprised, I guess, when you woke up and heard that military actually did start bombing Ukraine? Yeah, I mean, I think it was um, a little bit surprising just to see it actually happening. I know that for weeks before that, there had been rumblings of possibilities of it happening. And, you know, those who you know Vladimir Putin and how he is, it was always a possibility that he could strike at any moment or or decide that it was time to snatch up a little bit more of some former Soviet territory. And I think what was interesting is that, you know, we're in the middle of this global pandemic, global economic crisis everywhere. And so maybe I think Putin just found it to be a a good time to strike while everything's vulnerable. I think it was just surprising to see because this is like modern warfare that we haven't really seen, especially in Europe for a long time. You know, of course, the U.S. has been involved in a lot of different wars in the Middle East and a lot of different places. But to see this happening with um, two other countries and kind of in the matter and the way it happened, yeah, it was a little bit a little bit surprising. And just like we always say, just when we think things are going to start turning for the better, things get a little worse and a little more interesting. So I think 2022, we're still at the beginning of it and um, we're having another wild year amongst the, the others that we've experienced. It's true. I remember when it happened, there were all these memes on Instagram of just kind of how our generation has just been really hit with all these huge first in a lifetime kind of events, you know, which I guess one could say is exciting to live through these moments, but it feels a little like enough's enough. And it's it's crazy to think, you know, obviously, I think most people know that Vladimir Putin President of Russia is a little (laughs) dictatorship style of leadership. And so I think people weren't necessarily shocked when he wanted to invade his neighboring country of Ukraine. But his reasoning was something that really was bizarre to me. These claims that the Jewish president of Ukraine was trying to like 
basically brainwashed the people to to Nazi beliefs that that there was a genocide in the Kiev regime, just all of these kind of ridiculous claims that have not been verified at all for his reason of invading a country and and you know not only killing Ukrainian military soldiers but you know hundreds of, of civilians as well. What was your reaction to his reasoning? I mean, it seems pretty out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't really aware so much of his reasoning. I thought he was just wanting to snatch up land, but that's uh, it doesn't surprise me that you tell that, um, just because, again, it's the guy we're talking about here, like you said, he's a quote-unquote president, but I think he's closer to, to a dictator. So, you know, I think, um, you know, he comes up with reasons for doing these certain things, right? We saw in the last few years the annexation of Crimea, that happened already um, that was also sort of a, I don't know, I don't want to say writing on the walls for what could come later, what's happening now, but dictators will find their reason to justify uh, the kind of conquest they're trying to do or the movements they're trying to make. So what else he says, who knows, and who knows what's, what's the truth or not. But it's definitely a strange and developing situation, that's for sure. I think it's crazy, too. I've been talking to a lot of sources for my other job in reporting in Ukraine and, and Russia and just that, you know, luckily we do live in a free country where there's a democracy, we have free press, and there, there is no free press. They have taken out all the independent news outlets, and so the only news Russians are getting right now are from the government. And it's very, very, very biased. They aren't saying it's a war. They're saying it's a, quote, military operation. They're saying they're doing so well and that everything they're doing is justified. And so it's kind of scary to think that there's this propaganda that's able to exist today in 2022. That's a little terrifying. And also they just passed this week that if you criticize the invasion in Russia, that you could go to jail for 15 years. <laughs> so that means if you protest, even if you put a flag of Ukraine outside your apartment, you could potentially face prison time. <laughs> yeah, it's intense, these kind of measures they're taking to to smash this, um, I don't know, this, this speech that's against the movement, right? There's so many Russians who feel like they're getting involved into a war, into a conflict, and now we're seeing an economic crisis or something most of them don't support or don't understand the reasoning behind, right? A lot of them feel like Putin is not a good representation for them. And, you know, he's just kind of being a bully and doing what he wants. They can't really do anything about it. So, you know, I, I also feel a lot for the Russian people who are suffering as well. Obviously, Ukraine is the country being attacked, but um, Russians as well feel like this is something unnecessary happening and uh, they can't really do much about it if, unless they want to get thrown in jail. And it's, it's extra tricky, too, because just the complexities within the two countries themselves. Um, you know, we're talking about Ukraine used to be a part of the Soviet Union for a long time, right? They dissolved that border during that period of time. So they were essentially the same area, same country, and it was very common for families to, to move in and out of Ukraine and Russia, right? You have a lot of families now who maybe are Ukrainians living in Russia or vice versa because it was so common to cross these borders. So now we're seeing families having to choose a side, right? A lot of them have the sort of the dual identity and now they're having a crisis in, in terms of which side do I support, which side do I identify with? 
And these are the kind of complexities you don't really think about when you just look on a map and see two different countries uh, with their own established borders. It's a lot more complicated than that when you get to culture. And so, you know, everybody's suffering due to Putin deciding to make this kind of, uh, I'll call it selfish and rash decision in this way. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a move of just being able to be more powerful. And I mean, the reasoning that the Ukrainian government is a bunch of Nazis when the president of Ukraine is Jewish is pretty silly. And, you know, I was talking and reading articles from experts and, you know, it makes sense when you look at what was happening in Ukraine, that they were becoming more democratic, more progressive. And like you said, that history matters, that they were part of Russia. And so it's not so much a neighbor as kind of a brother and sister. And so if you're in Russia and you see Ukrainians getting more rights and having, you know, a lot more of these progressive policies passed, people in Russia are going to want that. And that's not what Putin wants. So it kind of makes sense that you have this democratic neighbor that will influence your citizens to want those same rights that he definitely doesn't want to give his people. Hey, Ian, did you know besides the podcast, Dynamic English offers one-on-one classes with native teachers from all over the world? Really? But isn't it just a bunch of grammar lessons? Nope, it's completely discussion-based and focuses on topics the student is interested in. That's amazing. But what if I'm not living in Chile? No problem. Dynamic does online classes. You can be living anywhere. Great. But I'm a little intimidated to take the class alone. Can I join with a friend? Of course. Dynamic offers group classes of up to four. Plus, for the next month, Coffee of Gringo's listeners get 10% off individual or group classes. So go online to www.dynamicenglish.cl and mention that you are a listener and get your discount. Well, I'm sold. Sign me up. Some other things we're seeing now, too, is a big economic backlash, right, from the rest of the world. So we're seeing the rest of the world condemning... While the majority of the world is condemning uh, what Putin and Russia are doing, there's been a lot of sanctions placed for commodities, for trading, for economic uh, purposes, for banking, world banking, right? And it's all been frozen or uh, countries are being sanctioned. There are, you know, in sports leagues all over the world, for example, they're, they're trying to get the Russian uh, owners to sell off their teams and get out, you know, get out of Russian activities. Their their uh, soccer football teams that are dropping all of their sponsors that are Russian, and uh, we're also seeing that within the country, the Russian ruble has fallen dramatically to the point where it's it's nearly worthless right now. And again, I go back to saying it, it really sucks for the Russian people, especially because they're suffering for these actions that their pretty r- ridiculous leader is deciding to do. So. I think we've we've seen a global impact on in this way and sort of a reaction to say, look, we are not going to support you economically if you're going to be causing war. And it's uh, it's interesting to see how I don't know how it disrupts the, the economic globe. And we're already sort of in a tough economic situation with covid, with inflation. So this is just, uh, you know, not really helping the situation for them, especially. But what, what else have you noticed um, you know, backlash-wise from your reporting that you've learned? What other things are are sort of having a ripple effect because of his invasion into Ukraine? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are 
trying to flee both Russia and Ukraine. And so you're having a huge refugee crisis in Europe. I mean, you're talking hundreds of thousands of people that are now going to be absorbed through neighboring countries, hopefully. (laughs) Um, So it just created a huge humanitarian crisis. And then, you know, from my reporting, talking to people in Russia, I mean, they're obviously afraid. I mean, they can't speak out against their leader or they'll go to prison. Uh, They have shut down Facebook. They have, as of today, I think, shut down Twitter. They're basically trying to suppress and oppress every everyone there from saying anything critical of, of this invasion. So I think it's really scary times to live there. And also all flights are canceled. So you like can't leave. And I've heard reports that people who are Russian who are trying to leave are getting harshly criticized and stopped at the borders because it's seen as is um, non-loyalist, is depatriotic to leave your country in this kind of time of crisis, even though it's not good for them i mean like you said i mean these sanctions are really hurting them where they can't go to banks they can't take out their money they can't buy certain products i mean maybe some of their jobs have been lost because of these sanctions if they work in certain industries so but i think it's scary too because you have a leader who seems to be very self-motivated so who knows if he actually cares that this is hurting his people (laughs) right that's a good point i i think another interesting point to bring up too is Russia is deciding to invade a country that, to be quite honest, is is well known for being very loyalist, very patriotic in in Ukraine, right? They're very um, defense oriented. You know, they've said, okay, if you are 18 to 60, if you're if you're a man, we want you to to stay behind. We want you to train. We want you to join the military. There are women now who are, you know, I've seen, I've heard of. Uh, there's instructional TikTok videos of of people showing okay if you find a tank you know that's been left behind or or we've captured it from the russians this is how you operate it this is how you use it if you want to help defend our country you know a lot of people who could just like cash out their money and run away from the country including the president himself they've stuck around and said no we're not going to leave we're going to defend our people, defend our country. This is an invasion and we're not just going to roll over for Russia. I think there's something special in that, right? And I think maybe Putin has underestimated that. Maybe he understands that, but I think outward to the world, the world is is saying that, you know, Ukraine is not just going to roll over and and it really means a lot to these people. So, you know, I just think what people are worried about is this just keeps escalating, right? And we live in a world where we have so much nuclear power where, you know, just one finger pressing the button on one person's end could could start a nuclear war, could start World War Three. I think that's what we're worried about getting into as, as a as a world. Right. I think we have enough on our plate <laughs> as it is. And I, I feel like uh, another world war would definitely not be the right decision to, to go in. And let's be honest, you know, nobody wins really in war. Everybody just loses in the end. So. It's been a rough few years, and the idea of this escalating has is, is got people on pins and needles kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's a terrifying thought. I mean, I think the threat of nuclear war, sadly, is is real. I mean, there's people in the U.S. that have bought gas masks and, you know, have situated their basement, and that's a terrifying thought that that's possible. I mean, hopefully it will it will never go there, but it is it is 
definitely a possibility when you have someone in leadership who has the capability and is pretty erratic. But yeah, I hope that it ends soon. I hope that the Ukrainian people are able to overcome and, and pretty soon so less lives are are lost in this. As me and Ian said, this is evolving. It's only, you know, since what, February 24th, it started. So this will be kind of an ongoing situation. So listeners, if you get lost, check out that audio guide and transcript online. Make sure to follow this, this crisis, because it's definitely one for the history books. So as always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Coffee with Gringos was brought to you by Dynamic English, where you can learn English simply by using it. If you're interested in taking classes or just want to learn more, go to our website at dynamicenglish.cl. Thanks for listening.